The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour of blessing. Good morning and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr. Thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade Telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC, Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV, Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 230 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KVVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 p.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV, Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado, and from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world, with a sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus coming soon. A landmark in Kali for over 95 years. And our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada Bilalbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. Before beginning the musical portion of our television program, I would like to announce the 46th anniversary of our prayer tower. The only one of its kind in the Hawaiian Islands used exclusively for prayer in Honolulu, Hawaii. 
the Pertal was dedicated on Saturday, January 26, 1974, for the sole purpose of prayer. It stands 65 feet high with a 12-foot cross on the top of the tower for the total height of 77 feet, the Lord's number. The prayer tower is utilized 24 hours a day by members of the prayer band and individual saints exclusively for praying. And now we call upon our church choir under the direction of Emilia Hahn to sing this inspiring song entitled, These Things Shall Be. Accompanying our choir will be Edith Matsuki on the piano and Pahaku Karo on the organ. Featuring strings by Hannah Asano and Seth Makan Asano Jr. on the cellos, Emmeline Asano and Cherise Spotcalf on the violins. If you see a soul seeming lost or trouble, looking for a way out, the best thing you can do for that individual is to say a little prayer. Jesus knows all and sees all. Ask the Lord to grant that person the full and complete victory, lead and guide them down the path of righteousness, and help them to work all things out to your honor and glory. 
the talented men of women of our church band under my direction will play for us his uplifting song entitled, Let the Lower Lights Be Burning. Jesus always knows what you will ask him before you even know what to say. In the darkest corners of the quietest places, whisper a prayer to him and allow the Lord to answer you openly. Kneeling to seek him or silently praying in your heart, Jesus is right beside you. Our soloist this morning, Seneca Rose Han, will sing this inspirational song entitled, Close as a Quiet Prayer. No. 
The beauty of the words through the next song comforts the heart full of burden seeking refuge for his troubled soul. It speaks of joy beyond compare in a perfect peace at the place of prayer. Our church choir will sing once again a beautiful and comforting song entitled The Place of Prayer. Please join in singing as the words appear on your television screen. Once again, featuring strings by Hannah Asano, Seth McConnell Jr. on the cellos, Emmeline Asano and Sharice Barkaf on the violins.
In 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 24, it reads that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. The youth strings will lift you up with this heartwarming tune entitled, In Love for Me.
In Luke 24, 46, Jesus said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said this, he gave up the ghost. Can you imagine the sadness that must have been in the Lord's eyes as he looked among the people who stood watching, not knowing that he truly was, it is the son of God. And because of their unbelief or maybe their uncertainty of Jesus' words, they did not draw closer to him or believe in his teachings. Our next group, which are the Saints in Harmony, will sing the touching song entitled, The Beautiful Garden of Prayer. It gives me great pleasure to dedicate this wonderful song to Mr. and Mrs. Narciso and Babylon Eugenio Papakalea. May your day be blessed with God's love, pressed on and overflowing this life and that to come. Have a fantastic Sunday.
Praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in El Centro, California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight, on station KGBY-TV channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning the schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kaimiki Branch Church located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, Gospel services are held Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanera Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Kenneth M. Alverio in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloi in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espero in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services, regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program back to head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? 
Thank you, Melvin. What a pleasure it is to have each of you join us at Telecast Viewers today. I am especially pleased that you have elected to partake in the reading of God's Word with me and hear the glorious gospel of the Kingdom of God. In my realm of experience, I have often found that when faced with difficult situations, most people will begin to search and exhaust all kinds of avenues of possible help. And for some reason or another, come to the right place last. Therefore, I pray that my sermon, Prayer is the Strength of the Gospel, will bring you to the knowledge that no matter what the difficulty, a guaranteed and absolute source of help, deliverance, or solution may just lie in the Lord and Savior Himself, Jesus Christ. Remember, He is just a prayer away. But in the process, much faith and patience may be required of you in return. Will you have the perseverance to endure to the end? Today we hear a great deal about pressure, stress, depression, and anxiety. Many preachers speak with authority and say, I have the answers. The only one who has the answers to all our problems is our Lord Jesus Christ. He tells us in Matthew 6, 31 to 34, the only cure for anxiety is to trust in the Father's care. Therefore, take no thought saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. In other words, seek first the spiritual things, and the material things will follow. There is no question about it. We are facing pressures on every side in our work and in our world. There's little we can do to avoid the pressures we face. The old adage teaches us that when the going gets tough, the tough gets going. Learning how to pray, even under extreme pressure, is a vital part of living out our commitment to Jesus Christ. The Lord taught our disciples a model prayer when they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Reading Matthew 6, 9 to 13. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Proper prayer should begin with worship. Put the interests of God above the interests of mankind, and be happy in that which is His will. 
Persia asks for daily needs and seek the forgiveness of sins and victory over temptations. It would be well for us to remember today that we should approach the Father on church ground. That is to the Lord Jesus Christ and recognize that our standing is in Him and we have no merit of our own. And with thanksgiving upon our lips and in our hearts, acknowledge His bountiful blessings to us in spiritual and material benefits. We have to yield to God's guidance and faithfully obey His word. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Praying under pressure requires we be clear-minded and self-controlled so that we may overcome the problems and pressures that would control us. Satan would like to put all of us in a dark tunnel where we are miserable and ineffective as true born-again believers. Listen to 1 Peter 5, 7 through 8. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom ye may devour. Someone said, only God can remove mountains, but faith and prayer can move God. We read in Matthew 17, verses 20 and 21, and Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit, this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Why is it hard to pray under pressure? The pressure of life causes us to believe in our weaknesses and shortcomings. Therefore, many church-going people pray very little. No wonder so many churches are spiritually dead. Victory is gone. The joy is lost. We have to see to it that no one misses the grace of God. God renews His grace to us every day as we need it. Thus, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Reading Hebrews 12, 1-2, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. The cloud of witnesses represents the heroes of faith, enumerated in the 11th chapter of Hebrews, and those who have gone before whose faith was in God's word. We should lay aside every weight as weight adds to the difficulty of our progress. The weights are not necessarily external, they are first of all in the heart. The moment a thing holds a place in the heart and mind, which is not in God's purpose, it becomes a weight or sin no matter what it is. The result is soon obvious. We all have a besetting sin, like a close-fitting mantle or garment that clings to the body and impedes its progress and freedom of motion. Yes, we're all running a race. Each step of the course has been marked for us. It's not how you start, but how you finish. Not once saved, always saved. But he that endureth unto the end shall be saved. 
reading 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Some people keep looking at the promised land, but never seem to enter it. The time is now if we hope to make it and turn our lives around. Why should we pray to God when under life's pressures? No matter what the pressures, we should keep on praying. God is the king of the universe, as we find in Psalms 24, 7 through 8. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. This means all our problems and burdens are in his hands. Yes, he has the whole world in his hands. God is righteous and he cannot sin against us. God never lets us down. He never tells us, he tells us, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Listen to Hebrews 13, 6, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. God is everywhere, as we find in Psalms 139, 7 to 10, and verses 14. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. These verses show us that God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. Such knowledge is too wonderful for us. We cannot understand it. God is all-powerful. Did he not say, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth? Let's take the case of Job. Satan smote him with painful boils from the sole of his feet unto his head. Even his wife told him, curse God and die. But he admonished her, as you read in Job 2, verse 10. But he said unto her, thou speakest it as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall we not receive evil? In all this did not Job sin with his lips. However, he was inclined to be self-righteous, and God had to put Job through a fiery test. Finally, he came to himself. Read in Job 42, verse 6, Wherefore I abhorred myself and repent in dust and ashes. The answer to the problem, why do the righteous suffer, is found here. Suffering is required to correct and purify the righteous, not to punish them for sins. Job was godly and possessed a wonderful faith, which his afflictions could not shake. In other words, he was really under pressure, but he never gave up. He hung on, but he was not humble enough and was inclined to be self-righteous. When brought into the presence of God, he realized his sinfulness, judged himself, and opened the door to restored happiness and greater fruitfulness. All true born-again believers have the same problem, which is solved in the same way Job was vindicated, honored, and doubly blessed. He had more in the end than in the beginning. Reading Job 42, 16, 17, after this lived Job in 140 years and saw his sons and his son's sons, even four generations. So Job died, being old and full of days. In this too, Job was repaid twofold, 
having twice the usual span of life as you read in Psalms 90 verse 10, the days of our years are three score years and 10, and if by reason of strength they be four score years, yet is there strength, labor, and sorrow, for they soon cut off and we fly away. Therefore, let us ask God to teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. We can all praise and thank Jesus for all the precious of life, because then we know we are truly the sons and daughters of God. Our eyes have been enlightened, and now we can see the hope of His calling and the riches of His inheritance. Thank God for the inheritance that comes through the gospel of the kingdom of God. At the church of Israel, while Peter preached Jesus to the Gentiles, the Holy Ghost fell on all that they heard the word. A baptism followed immediately, as you read in Acts 10, 47-48. Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then pray they him to tarry certain days. It was Jesus who shed his blood on the cross for the sins of the world. And only in the name of Jesus can one receive remission of sins. He is the only Savior for this lost and dying world. Thus we see the church at Philippi, the church at Corinth, the church at Ephesus, and the church at Galatia were baptized into Christ, as you read in Galatians 3.27. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. The Colossians were buried with him in baptism too. Listen to Colossians 2.12. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the generation of God, operation of God, who had raised him from the dead. Reading John 3.5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. What does it mean to be born of water? To be born of water is to be immersed in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And according to Acts 2.38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. To be born of the Spirit is to speak in an unknown tongue or language, which is the only verification of receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It was baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ without exception. Why is the name of Jesus so important? Because Acts 4, 12 declares, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It is a name which is above every name in heaven and in earth, and of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Naturally, there is a question by many today regarding the scripture, Matthew 28, 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. The truth is, there is not one record of an apostle who baptized a convert repeating the words in Matthew 28, 19. The name must be mentioned to fulfill all righteousness. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are merely titles. There is no promise of remission of sins or the promise of the Holy Ghost or the gift of healing in Matthew 28, 19. The word name is in the singular, not plural, and his name is Jesus. As we read in Colossians 2, 9, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost dwelleth in Christ Jesus. These, there are three manifestations, but only one God. As we read in 1 John 5, 7, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Now let's refocus upon our message. Prayer is the strength of the gospel. 
the Lord tells us not to focus on our problems. Our God is larger than our problems. Don't think negatively. Think positively. God is a God of miracles. Therefore, let's not give up. Here is some timely advice for our viewers. Pray your way out from pressure. Be willing to confess your faults and take responsibility for your actions. Fellowship is having the right attitude about sin. Listen to 1 John 1, 8-10. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and His word is not in us. We cannot say that we have no sin. Only Jesus Christ can say that. The more we are aware of our own impurities and sinfulness, we are able to see that God is light. God is faithful to His promises and to His people. And at the same, He is just in forgiving sin because the penalty was met at Calvary. The effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Forget the past. Stop digging your old faults up and just let go. As Paul tells us in Philippians 3, 13 to 14, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And what might be that prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus? The number one prize is to be the bride of Christ and to be in that number 144,000 which will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. The trump of God will sound, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Don't ever look back. Someone might be gaining on you. Remember Lot's wife? She looked back and turned into a pillar of salt. It's wonderful to come to the end of the way after going through so much pressure, depression, and anxiety. God has assured us of salvation and eternal life. On the other hand, the saddest thing to occur on earth will be when one comes to that hour without Jesus and without hope. When Paul came to his hour after much pressure, he had such great assurance that he said to Timothy, for I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. He looked back over his life and remembered his experience with Jesus on the dusty Damascus road. Listen to what he wrote in 2 Timothy 1.12, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Paul has committed himself to Christ years before and knew that he was now safe in the arms of Jesus. Yes, you can entrust your money to a bank yet and still lose it. You can entrust your friend with a secret, yet he can't betray you. However, when you trust your soul to Jesus, it is safe forever. The joy of knowing Jesus is to believe upon him who died for us, that we may know the promise of eternal life. Paul knew Jesus not as a historical person, but as a personal Savior, Master, and Lord. On that day when the light from heaven blinded him, he heard Jesus speaking directly to him, reading Acts 9, 4-6, and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? 
And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and shall be told thee what thou must do. From that time on, Paul came to know that indeed Jesus was the Son of God and the Savior of the world. And on that very day, Jesus became Paul's Savior. Persecutions of all kinds came. Paul had suffered the loss of all things. But the one great joy of his life was that he knew Christ. He tells in Philippians 3, 8, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. And finally, how about the prayer of the Lord Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane? Speak about an example of pure pressure. He was a role model. Reading John 71, these words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee. The Lord Jesus Christ asked for six petitions. Six petitions. One, that he might be glorified. Two, for the believer's safety, which we find in verse 11. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. Three, for the believer's sanctification that we find in verse 17, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. Four, for the believer's unity in verse 21, that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us that the world might believe that thou hast sent me. As the psalmist tells us, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. In unity there is strength and there is victory. Five, for the future believers as found in verse 20, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which believe on me through their word. And finally, six, we read in verse 24, For the believers' future glory. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me. For thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. The Bible tells us that an angel from heaven came down to strengthen him while he was praying. And in agony, he prayed under pressure, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling to the ground. Jesus knew that he was about to go forth to die, but instead of asking for help and comfort, he spent those last hours in comforting his disciples. What a wonderful Savior! Now, if you'd like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. And until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. We close our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast with another awesome and robust number by our church band entitled, Brighten the Corner Where You Are.
preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.